right, folks, welcome to another exciting edition of Stick a Fork in It. I am very, very happy to have a special guest with us today, Gail Guayardo. Gail, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so honored to be a part of the show. I think it's so cool that you guys are doing this podcast. Thank you. We're excited to have you here. Yeah, absolutely. We are we are still the newbies in the media business, so you're going to have to coach us along the way as we go through this. Oh, oh, no, no, no. I saw you guys out and about at the Epicurean <laughs> Hotel. You had your podcast set up there. I, I know you guys are all over the community and, you know, spreading the good news of all the cool things happening. And you guys seem to be at the helm of a lot of that. We try to be. We try to be. You know, it's content is king. And, you know, we try to get the information out there. And we have so many wonderful friends like yourself that are willing to talk to us about their lives and, and why, you know, well, we have one thing in common. That's food. Everybody has that in that's common. Right. We love food. So good. <laughs> right. <laughs> and now you have your show that's health and wellness. So and we're all about um, bringing health and capability to Tampa Bay. So yeah, tell us a little bit about the new gig for you. Yeah, so after uh, 26 plus years working as a morning news anchor for uh, WFLA and our sister station WTTA, um, my voice went out, you know, just four and a half hours of driving at home, you know, reading hour after hour, day after day. Uh, my doctor likened it to being like an athlete that kept running out on the field with an inner, uh, with an injury. So I had to hang up my hat and this was uh, March right as the pandemic was, you know, starting to mm -hmm. put a stronghold on the globe. And I was so depressed. I'm like, I can't believe this. Like I finally don't have to wake up at one in the morning and there's a pandemic. The only bright side of that is all four of my daughters were there, you know, Two came home from college and two were already home. So we got to be together as a big family. And then a few months went by and Channel 8 said, you know, we think we might have a role for you that is not as taxing on your voice and you can still keep your foot in the water. And it was their health and wellness show, Bloom, which had an incredible uh, host who became pregnant and she wanted to stay home with her newborn baby. So uh, they gave me the role September 1st. We just celebrated uh, one year of me being at the helm of Bloom. And we're syndicated now in 36 million homes. Wow. And our focus is basically bringing health news to people. But we also get out in the community and, of course, love our partnerships and love to be able to share stories about Feeding Tampa Bay. Yeah, you know, I know you know this, but to share for our listeners, um, when we talk about our work, we, we talk about food as part of the process, but the outcomes that we're looking for are health and capability. And yeah. so, you know, health is a core component to what we want to achieve for the community, which makes it uh, a perfect partnership for us. Yeah. And I think it is so incredible how, you know, organizations like Feeding Tampa Bay started just doing the best to get the non-perishables onto people's doorsteps. But what you guys have been able to do of bringing healthy foods to the table of those in need, fruits, vegetables, mm -hmm. I mean, and the partnerships that have uh, been created throughout the years is truly phenomenal. Yes, because you've been coming around here for a very long time. Yes, yes. And, yeah. and our, our new parent company, relatively new for several years now. We've been part of Nextstar um, Media. And this is the largest media conglomerate. We call it Nextstar Nation. The largest media conglomerate in the country. And they're really into partnerships like this. And um, But even when I started back in 
1993 at the old Jackson Street television station uh, when I was just a cub reporter. Uh, the, it, it's, it's always been part of the fabric of this company to be involved in the community. Yeah. And I'm from here. I'm third generation, uh, you know, born and raised in Tampa. So to to be affiliated in in any way with organizations like your like yours is just truly just an honor and a privilege. That's pretty unique in the news industry to be able to stay in one market, isn't it? It, it is. It, it is highly unusual. I started off, I graduated from Auburn University and I started off in Montgomery, Alabama. And then I got, a, you know, for a, a $11,500 a year startup salary. Ooh. And uh, yeah, I was working two, three jobs. And I'll never forget, I called my dad. This is back in 1988. I called my dad and I said, I got my first job in TV. I can either be Gail Green or Gail Garrison. And my dad, who had a slight Italian accent, God rest his soul, he's, he's not with us any longer, but he said, don't come home if you change your name. And he hung up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Good and, man. And, and I didn't know how I was going to explain to my then news director, Matt Carmack, who was like the Ron Burgundy of, of Montgomery, <laughs> Alabama, that I was going to have to take my long Italian last name right. and keep it. And so they condensed it into Guayardo, which is a, it's, a, it's like Vanna White came and stole all the vowels from my name, <laughs> and they condensed it into Guayardo. Uh, and so that kicked off my TV career, and then I, was, um, I got a job anchoring in Sarasota, Florida, and... Uh, I tried every television station. I mean, I was like, I hate to sound crude, but I was like a hemorrhoid. I just attached myself to everyone. <laughs> and finally, um, I got a, an offer from, from WFLA and WTTA, and I went with WFLA because it was an anchoring position in addition to getting out in the community and reporting. And so I've been with uh, Channel 8 since 93, and, um, and so here I am today with this new leg and the new show and a new opportunity, which I'm incredibly grateful for. The Humana Foundation and Feeding Tampa Bay work together to address food insecurity. Our goals are to strategically bring about healthy outcomes and create meaningful, sustainable change for our neighbors throughout the 10-county region that we serve. Learn more about it at feedingtampabay.org programs. So you talk about family, and uh, so tell us a little bit about yours. So I have four amazing daughters. Uh, my oldest, Katie, uh, graduated from NYU. She sadly did not get to walk uh, the stage at uh, Yankee Stadium Aww. on account of COVID, but she graduated with honors. She had an amazing job with Adobe, and so she's doing really well. And of course, how lucky as a graduate to get a job in a field where when the world had to pivot, technology really landed at yeah. the top. So that was really cool. And then um, I have uh, another daughter. She's 21. Her name's Lindsay, and she's in Boston at Northeastern. And uh, she's doing really well. And then I have two younger ones, 14 and 15, one at Plant High School, which was my alma mater, and uh, the other one's at Wilson. And uh, they're just, you know, it, last year, of course, was a little bit rocky, you know, sure. with, when everything hit, but everybody seems to be gaining their stride in the new normal that we live in. Mm -hmm. And so, and I have an amazing husband, Mark, who I would never be able to balance uh, work and family without him always by my side. And so I just, you know, it's just great to be, like you said, in my hometown and to be yeah. able to grow here and grow my family here. And my children were, were 
all able to know my late parents and become close and my husband's family lives here. So it's great. It's very familial and it's wonderful. So I'm imagining a, a big Italian family, third generation Tampanian. There's probably some Sunday dinners oh, in, the, yes. in the past. Oh, yes. My grandmother was a incredible, incredible uh, cook. Her Italian food is so authentic was so authentic and she did pass that along i don't think we'll ever be able to top nana katie but meal time was always ingrained and um you know as we talk about when thomas mance comes on bloom you know who heads up uh you know feeding tampa bay you know sitting around the table with your family which is something that we do every night there's 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 never a night that we don't sit down together and and hang out and talk and eat you know we take it for granted but it is truly such a gift and it's those conversations and those meals and that you know bringing everybody together that is is so near and dear to my heart especially because of my italian descent and i think it's it's so tremendous that you guys give other people that opportunity the opportunity that we might take for granted day in and day out so what's your go-to what's your favorite meal to cook for the family so we do we do a lot of uh suko as my grandma would call it the sauce the 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 meatballs although some of them are beyond meat and impossible meatballs with some of my kids these days <laughs> they're leaning in to become vegan um and so I love Italian, and believe it or not, I really love Vietnamese food, too. Mm. It's, it's oh, another yum. one of my yes. favorite foods. Fresh. And yeah, yeah. So it's fresh, delicious. So those would be our two go-tos at the house. But we pretty much cook everything. Very good. So we kind of skipped over. I want to know a favorite memory around a table like that pops into your head. Like if you think about, you're talking about the memories and how special and important those are and we, and, and having those and giving those, but is there a memory around a table for you that warms your heart? What pops right into your head? Um, what pops into my head is back in Brandon, Florida, where our dairy farm was my, uh, grandfather and my dad and uncle built what was the largest uh, dairy farm independently owned in West Central Florida. And because they worked around the clock uh, at that farm, I mean, my dad was an actual dairy farmer, and they worked around that the clock. My grandmother always kept um, the table, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There was this long table, and everybody would come in, you know, the dirt on their boots and cow manure and everything, and everybody would drop all that off at the door, and we would all come together for these meals that she would make for the family from scratch. Gotcha. And so it was just, that would be my, my family memory of always just sitting together, and the table was so long because... You know, the so family was so large. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Full of love. Yes. That's fantastic. So uh, Shannon likes to hear memories. I love to talk about restaurants. Okay. So yes. tell me your favorite place. If you have a free evening, you and your husband are going to go out and grab a nice bite to eat. Where are you headed? So I we're so lucky in the Tampa Bay area to have so many incredible chefs, uh, As you know, award-winning chefs that live amongst us so it's a hard pick but for the for many many years i've been following uh chef pont around yes. town and um i really do think that uh olivia's 
is one of the most authentic Italian meals. Uh, Beccafino's is another really good authentic Italian restaurant, uh, super mom and pop. But, you know, following Chris Pont and his career in the Tampa Bay area has been really pretty spectacular. So that is kind of a special occasion go-to spot for us. Very nice. Yeah, Yeah, that's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Italian food. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no, like ever. Sure. Ever. So you're here today. We're mm-hmm. at the food bank, which everybody knows we kind of travel around or we invite people to the food bank. Tell us how you're at the food bank today. So I, I we came together because, um, you know, Next Star Nation is partnering with Feeding America and Feeding Tampa Bay. We have television stations all across the country. And so I wanted to kind of go behind the scenes for Bloom, you know, interview your CEO, uh, Thomas Mance, and just kind of see this operation because I don't think people can wrap their heads around just how big it is. And, you know, to serve as many counties as you serve, the scope of this operation. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, believe it or not, I came up with this idea uh, with the Bloom staff and fortunately they embraced it. It's called Gale on the Go. And I literally go around places. Um, nobody asks me to do this, but because I'm from here and because seeing what happens in Tampa Bay and seeing how this area has grown and seeing all the incredible people that thrive here, I go out with my iPhone Max Pro <laughs> and shoot things and interview people. I mean, I was at Epic Chef with you guys, and I love to put these stories together to give viewers just a chance to see, you know, everything happening uh, across Tampa Bay through a different lens. Because sadly, you know, television news and, you know, uh, even our our area, we don't have the manpower to get out there and share the stories like we used to. So you can grab a good story on a phone, you can edit it on your phone, and I promise you if you're watching the show at the very beginning when these air, you would never know the difference between Gail Guayardo shooting a story and you know a true professional, not saying that I'm as great as the professionals, but I'm saying the quality of the camera right. and what you yeah. can do in today's world with an iPhone. Right, right. So it, with this Gail on the go, isn't it crazy? Because I think three of us pretty much were raised here how much Tampa has changed and how rich our community is. And I mean, of course we're Champa Bay, but you take it away from Champa Bay, which you really shouldn't, but, um, so much is going on and it's so beautiful and you just pop across. I mean, you used to not go, what is it? North of Kennedy. Like we used to have all these rules and now we don't have those anymore. You hop across the bridge to St. Pete to enjoy dinner. We have a ferry to get there. It's unbelievable. It's amazing. It's amazing. What what a wonderful community we have. And now you're syndicated. So you're sharing all these amazing stories from Tampa. Right. And Tampa's become such a foodie destination. You know, a lot of what I did when I took the job with Bloom and I asked him if I could do this Gale on the Go segment and they were like, yeah, sure, why not? Let's see what it looks like. You know, we we really started it as Lift Up Local because at that time, you know, the pandemic had hit. And so we were going into all of these places that, you know, would have otherwise been struggling and maybe in other parts of, of, of the United States of America. But the way that this town and this community pivoted, 
to help people stay alive and supported them and watching them put their goods on uh, curbsides and watching people come in. It was really something remarkable to see. Mm -hmm. So not only was it, you know, fun to shine a spotlight on our tremendous community here, it was also fun to see how we all came together during the darkest of days. This podcast was made possible by the innovative thinking and the funding of Feeding America, a nationwide network of more than 200 food banks that feed more than 46 million people through food pantries, soup kitchens, shelters, and other community-based agencies. So other than Feeding Tampa Bay, what's been your favorite Gale on the Go segment? (laughs) That's right. Other than, um, <laughs> you know, another organization that is really, really near and dear to my heart. And it's, it kind of circles back to my late grandmother, Nana Katie, the one that was always at the head of the table as far as bringing us together through food and family. Um, she had vision uh, problems, which my dad inherited, which I have since inherited. And so I'm, I'm really fascinated by what the Lion's Eye Institute mm-hmm does mm-hmm. located in the heart of Ybor City, the, the you know, the world's uh, largest ocular transplant and eye bank. And, it, and you know, to your point, it's, it's just unbelievable to me what happens, you know, and how it's growing with, T, you know, Tampa General Hospital, USF, yes. you know, all, everything that's happening in this community is just unbelievable to me. So I do love getting out. They have like a new like vision uh, bus that travels around mm-hmm. that gives, yeah. uh, you know, because uh, I know you guys are always out there. Anytime I'm out there to, to, feeding Tampa Bay is yep. wherever there's a community event happening. So yeah. that's been another one of my favorite. Uh, yeah, I love their the building goods. too. They have that beautiful old building. Yeah, just what yeah. they've done really with cool. it made it a neat event space. Yeah, yeah. So you know, now that you're here with us, I you mentioned something earlier. I wanted to kind of go back to. Um, you talked about how. Uh, people's impression of a food bank used to be those non-perishable items, right? Boxes and cans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet the reason why Bloom TV and a health-focused show would be so interested in us and, and what we do is because we're so much more than that, right? You know, And I think it's hard for people to see or understand if they haven't been here and walked by rows and rows of cabbages and rows and rows of fresh oranges and all the other produce that we have here on a daily basis. Yeah, the watermelon that I yeah, just Yeah, the gorgeous spotted. watermelon. They were gorgeous. I mean, what you see here is exactly like what you would see if you walked into a supermarket like Publix. I mean, the fact that there are, you know, there's a perishable area where you have, you know, coolers for people to come in and get the food that they need. I mean, the evolution that has happened here is just it's just jaw dropping when you walk in here and see this operation underway and, you know, and comforting to know that, you know, you know, feeding Tampa Bay and feeding America is here for those in need, you know, because uh, without you guys, I mean, where would millions of families be? Yeah. You know, it's been a real blessing for us to be able to, to go and serve those families with more than just, canned goods right you know be able to bring fresh produce be able to bring really good meats you know we had tyson on a couple episodes ago and the incredible donation they made to us so that we could have protein to deliver um and the 
as you talked about earlier, the scope of what we do is just so far beyond what most people understand. Uh, I think it's even a challenge for us to tell the story sometimes. So it's wonderful to have somebody like you yeah. here, uh, uh, experienced storyteller to, to spread the word. Yeah, I love it. And I love too that our, you know, our entire team for Founders Day, which our stations hold across the country, they come in here and we can help package foods and, you know, and mm-hmm. be a part of it and that you would allow us to come here and volunteer and be hands-on makes it that much more special. So thank you guys. Oh no, we love it. We enjoy it. And then we're together in the holidays every year as well. Yes. Um, so it's just um, incredible to have all of your team really um, for years and years as partners with us. Um, and I know we have some plans to maybe do something coming up with your show. Yes, yes. Kind We've of, been brainstorming. Yes, here. you know. Yes. That's what I? happens. You'll hear about You'll it. You'll hear about oh, it. It's going to happen. It's happening. Yeah. You know, and Thomas is going to put his side gig, you know. I know. You're lucky that Thomas on hasn't collar. been recruited. He's got such a TV flair. Well, and he loves it so much, yes, too. That's, he does. You know, if you could put he a camera it. in front of him, he'd be very, very happy. Yep, yeah. he's very comfortable there. <laughs> he is. For sure. Well, Gail, I want to thank you for joining us today, uh, taking out of your time. I know absolutely. you're so busy. No, it was so great to be here. And, you know, I'll always come back, uh, not just to be on your podcast, but anything that Feeding Tampa Bay has going on. I'm only a phone call away. So thank you, guys. Well, oh, thank you so, so much. We so appreciate you, Gail. Okay. And we'll see you soon. Okay. All right, everybody. Welcome to What the Food Bank. And uh, today's guest is actually going to be one of our own from our little nuclear podcast family. We're going to put Shannon in the hot seat. <laughs> I haven't had to go very far. It's true. It's true. I think she <laughs> did one lap around the table before we got started. Um, Shannon is our external affairs officer, and she uh, basically manages all of our media relations here at Feeding Tampa Bay. And since we just had an awesome conversation with Gail Gallardo, uh, we thought it'd be appropriate to talk to Shannon a little bit about how like, working with media helps to like tell our story and how important it is to our mission here at Feeding Tampa Bay. So we uh, thought we'd share that insights with you guys. <laughs> Sounds good. Shoot, guys, what do you want to know? Well, I think my first question is, how do you get so many people to put us on air and talk about us? So I think it started with I've been doing this for about 20 years. So, for instance, Gail, um, I've done even charity fashion shows with her uh, in the 90s. So I've been around for a really long time. I've also been in nonprofit for almost as long as that. I started a nonprofit in 2003. So um, it's kind of about having almost kind of like a personal brand and where you kind of know each other. It's kind of friends in the room. And I started in radio. So that's how people know. And at that point, I was Shannon Hannon. Mm -hmm. So that's how people knew who I was. But just knowing someone isn't what gets your story told. At Feeding Tampa Bay, we have amazing and incredible stories to share. It's about our team and how hard they work, uh, from people who help our warehouse stay clean so we can have get that great food out there to our drivers, um, to the people who answer the phones. I mean, it's just everyone on our team that helps get the food out there. That's one terrific story. And the amazing people that we serve. We saw through the pandemic that Hunger doesn't have a face. We've said that for years since I've been in hunger relief, but now everyone in the nation knows that from seeing those massive food lines. So it's just 
a story worth sharing, but it's also something people want to hear. So it's really not that difficult. It's a little time constraints, <laughs> but it's not all the time. So it's really having a wonderful and meaningful story to tell and being authentic. And that's what we are at Feeding Tampa Bay. So it's not hard. Yeah, for a big city, Tampa can be a very, very small town, can't it? It is. It is. It's it's the biggest small town I know. And we just keep, keep getting bigger and better, which is really what we were talking about with Gail. You know, she now has this syndicated show that we used to, for instance, we used to go on daytime and we used to be, have to be very careful about talking about Tampa, but then referencing that we're feeding America and you can go to a place near you. Tampa has become a space where we are one of those big cities that people know um, and want to move to and want to go to. So we don't have to be as careful on a national level as we've had to be in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the 90s and early 2000s, Tampa used to be the joke in the movies, right? But it's not that way anymore. Lutz, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> you know, things like that. Yeah, yeah, we were, but no longer. Mm-hmm. So you came as a part of the Trinity Cafe merger. Yes. And uh, it must have been a little bit of a culture shock to go from the Trinity, what, six, seven person team to uh, the over 100 we have now on our team. Tell me what it's been like to, to make that transition. Um, so on the Trinity Cafe, and even before that, I've always been with grassroots organizations from the Children's Cancer Center, uh, running a family foundation, and Trinity Cafe. So with that, you wear a lot of hats. So I'm on the communications and culture team, um, and they're separate here from the development and marketing team. So with those in the worlds I was in before, I wore all the hats. <laughs> so I did marketing, communications, development. I wore all those. So the transition was... Not that I have to st- had to stay in my lane, but it's learning what my lane was. And I met with Thomas very early on, and he kind of cherry-picked my experience and, and my connections. And he said, make him a TV star? <laughs> exactly. And he goes, my favorite thing is to be a co-host <laughs> on television. Um, please make that happen for me, and you're golden. Um, but So he just cherry-picked what my skill set was versus everyone else on the team because I'll, I'll tell you, it was really nerve-wracking. You know, I was excited. I was excited for the opportunity for those in our care at Trinity Cafe. Because what Feeding Tampa Bay meant was that we were always gonna be able to have that those doors open seven days a week and it was gonna be quality and amazing healthy food on the table. Because you, when you go from being very small scale to having some power behind you, it just means you're gonna be able to help a lot more people. Mm, yeah. And we're gonna be proving that in more ways to come. Just like the pandemic, having those Trinity Cafe meals out. So that wasn't a problem for me. Personally, it was just like, wow, what do I do? What am I supposed to do? First of all, I'm used to controlling everything, which is, you know, as adults, that is hard to back off from. I'm not going to lie. It really is. And then, you know, but now what am I? Three years in? What are we, three years in? Three years in, in, I'm really good with letting other people do the stuff. (laughs) Especially now there's more of us to hand it off to. Exactly. Well, and now there's so many stories to tell. It, It keeps me quite busy. I couldn't fathom Like, so we, Thomas and I had a breakfast meeting. He asked me, could you please do this? I'm like, sure. I thought I was going to be twiddling my thumbs. And I come to work on my very first month and it was government shutdown. Mm. And I was like, okay, maybe I am going to be busy. (laughs) You know, and then you go into that and you go into hurricanes and then you go into this next thing. And then, you know, and then no one knew what the pandemic was going to do. So it's just, it's really always something. And I really love what I do. I'm working with the team. Okay. So last question, I'm going to ask you the question you ask everybody else. Yeah. What is your memory of a meal around the table? What's your favorite? The first thing that pops into your mind. What do you What do you think of when you think of a memory around the table? 
It's going to be that common answer. It's those holidays and those times that you're around the table with more than your core family. I love my core family. And we are, I, my two of my sons were in town last night and dropped by and I had them around my table and I made tacos, you know, <laughs> mom's making tacos. Yeah. But it's those holiday times that you get to have that extended family and the aunts and the uncles and the people under your roof. Yeah. So to me, it's, it's that time. And those are treasured memories that, um, you know, and another thing that Gail said, it's, coming to work every day, knowing how hard we all work, you know, because we may go home, but our minds are still working to help people. But to be able to afford opportunities that no matter where someone lives, we're giving them that same type of opportunity. Yeah, it's pretty special. Right? So that's what keeps you going when you're tired, when you're aggravated, when you've got a little fear because something's new happening or somebody's moving your cheese. <laughs> you know, it's what, am I, what are we here for and what is, it, what is the end result? Mm. Why are we doing this? And... I think for when it comes from a media standpoint, people feel that when we're pitching ideas out there and partners when we're going to or when we're even developing programs, that all comes together. And that's why we continue to grow and, and succeed. And as long as we stay true to that, sky's the limit. Hunger Free Tampa Bay 2025. Yeah. It's awesome. Amen. Amen. So. Well, I have to say, it's been a lot of fun being on a podcast with you. I'm glad I talked you into this. And since Thomas has the uh, face for TV, I can get to be the voice for radio as your co-host. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, love doing it. And of course, we wouldn't be able to do this without Ev. That's right. (laughs) I wouldn't be able to do a lot of things without Ev. I'm going to totally give props. More than Uh, happy to be a part. I always want to make sure I stay on Ev's good side because he does the editing. So, you know, I don't want to know what he could edit together to make me say with all the words that I've used over the course of this podcast. Yeah, my secret blackmail stash. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then I'm just to give Ev a little bit more prop before we go, you know, sometimes there's a lot um, pitching and, and media response and trying to get people the stories that they need at their stations or their radio or wherever print. They want assets immediately. They want B-roll. They want to see what's happening and why. And I'm telling you, Ev, I can call him and say, do we have it or can we get it? And it's always a no problem. <laughs> so we are really first responders on so many levels and in that way as well. Yeah. Amen. Appreciate you, Ev. Yes. My pleasure. All right, brothers, we're out. All right. See y'all next time. You can learn more about Feeding Tampa Bay and how to join the movement at feedingtampabay.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Feeding Tampa Bay.